Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Gathering Podcast. Happy New Year. Um, I, it's Adam here, and I have with me Ruth Douglas. Hi, Ruth. Hello. Happy New Year. Yeah, it's January. Already. Already. We've had Christmas. <laughs> Turkeys, mince pie, family, <laughs> hopefully some rest. And now we're in the new year, and New Year vibes, right? Yes. So, I mean, we were just talking briefly before we put the mics on. And I'm always like, we should put the mics on at the start because we have such good chat with people. <laughs> I've got a, a learning point for me next time is just start recording straight away. But we were thinking, uh, particularly you, you were thinking of how the new year is actually, what a great topic to start with for this podcast. Fresh start, episode. New Year's resolutions. Yeah. Yeah. What we want to do this year ahead of us, how we want to shape our lives. I think there's a lot of feeling of you know self-improvement wanting to you know turn over a new leaf or um you know perhaps there were particular areas where we've been conscious we've been lacking in yeah you know taking the opportunity to start again yeah um saying that my new year's resolution list is not extensive (laughs) have you got any adam um I mean, read my Bible, pray every day. It's always a good one. It's always a good one. <laughs> all, I mean, that should just be life. Right? Um, I don't really do them because I'm a bit of a rebel. Do you know? <laughs> don't hold me to these things, you know? <laughs> what about you? Have you? I am pretty bad at anything requiring regularity and discipline. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like whenever I make them, I just very quickly stop doing them it's really bad yeah that's Um, why i don't like them because i feel like as soon as you say something (laughs) you feel guilty about it or there's like pressure and yeah it's an interesting it's really interesting topic to think though i'm Uh, in two minds about it part of me feels like i just just use that as an excuse and perhaps i should just try harder (laughs) just do it and another part of me just thinks no (laughs) (laughs) yeah which is you know an interesting conversation in and of itself yeah I think before we started the recording we were starting to chat a little bit about perfectionism ambition excellence and the Christian life and And following Jesus what it yeah means you know for us as followers of Jesus yeah and like the the great western dream or whatever you want to call it you know yeah get a good job a good pension a couple of kids have it all have it all you know a happy quiet safe life um is it compatible is all this stuff yeah how how do we live as jesus followers in this new year in this culture context we're in you know because like benedict right we're thinking with our micro church leaders that we want to do a rule of life this year that we want to commit mm. to like a higher level of encouragement accountability and it's not about it being about the rules that's not the focus the life is the focus mm. you know the john ten ten life of abundance um and benedictine which maybe some of you know he wrote this massive long rule with his monks and everything and part of their philosophy was we should live differently from how the world lives and it should be obvious so yes. just like all of that to throw in there yeah. with this conversation, it's it's fascinating. But I tell you what, before we go on, um, why don't you like tell us a little bit about you guys? Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess not everyone 
knows us. Let everyone us. know you. Yeah. So um, uh, we are John and Ruth, <laughs> <laughs> and we have two boys, Elijah and Barnabas, who are eight and ten, and um, we have been living in Glasgow now for just five and a half years, coming up for six years. That long um, already? Yeah. Wow. So before that, we lived in Pakistan for five years. Um, and before that, we lived in London, lived a little bit in Australia. And then before that, we lived in Glasgow as students. There you go. Um, so, yeah, I'm sort of working backwards there. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I like it. Yeah, so we've been part of the gathering since the very beginning, yeah. which was amazing God timing of us moving back from Pakistan and this starting um, all thing. at the same time. Yeah. We really felt like that was, you know, couldn't have been anything but, but God. Um, yeah. I mean, it saved us in many ways. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think in the ch whole transition, having this community at, at the very beginning of our time yeah. has been a massive blessing to us. Yeah. Um, and I like for us too, for me, I feel like I've known you guys forever <laughs> in know. a really nice way. <laughs> Do you know, there's just that affinity and, um, it's just something really special there about that connection. But mm. you weren't just in Pakistan. Like, what were you? What were you guys doing out there? Well, we were doing a whole bunch of things. Um, originally, we went out. John was um, managing an eye hospital randomly. Oh, was that right? <laughs> in the mountains. I did not know but that. But we never had permission to live in the mountains. Um, this more rural area. And okay. They like to keep an eye on you. <laughs> oh, really? You, it's all very well having a visa for the country, but you you need a, a no objection certificate to live in certain regional areas. Wow. Um, so the most we managed was three months one summer, okay. just after Barnabas was born. Um, well, and then they moved you on, or well, just that was the length of our our sort of you no objection certificate. Okay. Yeah, Got and you. eventually it wasn't sustainable. John doing that job and um, us living in the city in Islamabad, so we. John got a new job. He worked for a Christian development organization um, in Islamabad. And um, wow. we were involved with um, other Christian expats um, and, yeah, just trying to do life as Jesus followers in Pakistan. Yeah. As well as work and bringing up very young children at the time so yeah learning language getting to know our neighbors um involved in the little preschool that the boys went to and yeah um yeah just yeah. getting stuck in out there yeah that's so cool and now you lead a microchurch together that's right Pastor. so yeah. we lead a microchurch mostly based in our home here in Shawlands um called the table and we seek to be a place for People who are isolated or lonely, um, we often share food together, hence the name, <laughs> um, and explore things to do with faith, share stories of Jesus, mm. um, it's a community of faith that, that we can invite people into. Yeah, um, that spiritual family, that yeah. like place where you can belong, right? That's right. Yeah. You guys do that <laughs> so well, yeah. Honestly, every time I come to your house, there's either someone staying or there's like seven other people in here. <laughs> <laughs> every time, <laughs> it's just brilliant. I love it. It's like you guys live out that kind of life on life, radical hospitality. Doors always open. You know, when I came today, because we're recording in the living room, um, I just walked in. 
It's like, that's just what you do at John and Ruth, you know. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. You know. Gave the painter a shock, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Hopefully we don't get caught out. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Unfortunately, <laughs> it's not a high crime area. Yeah, yeah. Most of the time. <laughs> um, yeah, so I guess I should also say I work uh, part-time at Glasgow University mm. as well. Um, I, well, I, I used to do maths advice. Um, I'm, I recently changed to managing all the science, um, psychology and counselling short courses and access courses wow. in lifelong learning. Um, so I've gone, I gradually, I feel like I've gradually crept up in hours. I started half time 0.5 when we first moved to Glasgow. Right. And I'm now at 0.8, four days. Oh, right. <laughs> um, so, yeah increasingly taking up more and more of my week yeah, <laughs> sadly yeah. but the boys are also getting older so and it's busier. a bit more manageable yeah yeah <laughs> well i appreciate you squeezing me in in lunch time <laughs> good all right well where do you want to where do you want to jump into with all that stuff we were talking about yeah well i th- I, th- I think a really interesting topic is the the idea of like you've touched on the this western dream but also you know how how that has influenced the western church and Mm. also the idea of ambition and excellence and perhaps perfectionism yeah that i think does pervade the traditional church um achievement the protestant work ethic um doing well at all things Mm. Um, as a witness, you know, and I think there is some theological basis for that, bringing yeah. your best, mm. the t- idea of the talents. Yeah. Um, you know, what do you do with what God has given you? And I think that's tr- often been interpreted as actual talents. What, you know, what are you good at and how can you... Literal, yeah. Literally, you know, capitalize on those things. Yeah. Um, and the idea that doing the best in those things is in and of itself, you know, a, a, a witness and uh, act of worship. Yeah. And uh, I'm not disagreeing with that. You know, I think good things, there's a lot they? of truth in yeah. that. Yeah. And also, you know, there's verses like, um, you know, make it your ambition to lead a quiet life, to work with your hands, to, yeah. you know, be at, peace with be, everyone. A, be at peace with everyone, not to be a burden on anyone. So the idea of working hard and, yeah. um, you know, and a lot of it's middle class mm, centric values. Yeah. You know, yeah. of doing well, keeping your head down. Mm. Um, you need doing some the best sense you of can. yeah. You need you need some semblance of provision to be able to do that stuff, don't you? Like be it health, money, yes, housing, and family, I guess you know? what I've been reflecting on, especially in the new year where we often set ourselves targets and goals and ambitions or things we want to be better at yeah you know what is there a flip side you Mm. know like i think there's a lot of truth in all of those things um but i think there also needs to be a counterbalance and i think we can imbibe a lot of the world's values of excellence and putting our identity and value into that yeah alongside jesus's example to embrace the broken and also the idea of you know those broken jars of clay which have the treasure hidden within yeah 
um, you know, sometimes it is when we're actually not doing well or when we're vulnerable or when we're not coping yeah. when actually that is when we need to depend yeah. on Jesus. And yeah. that is when our faith is actually more visible because when yeah. we're doing well at something, it's very difficult to not take the credit for that yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's just me, but you know, no, no, like, you're right. you know, I think, um, to rest on your own laurels that to be an idol yeah yeah i'm doing so great i'm killing it at life kind of thing yeah i Check once read a very interesting little book by someone called watchman knee have you ever come yeah. across him your mum told me to read him <laughs> mum loves him. <laughs> when she came to the gathering she was like hey you you must you have to read this book i think i got a command from her to read it he's a very well-known chinese theologian yeah. well not just theologian i mean uh, a missionary a pastor out, right? a, yeah a practitioner um and it's interesting because his ideas are so different to <laughs> the books we read written by western theologians right. partly perhaps it's cultural yeah but i think he also had some quite radical ideas yeah and this one little book i can't even remember which one it was of his um was about in his he also worked with a lot of house churches mm. and he had this principle that he would purposely give jobs to people in the church to people who weren't good at those things <laughs> <laughs> and i remember once having an argument with andy ashworth about <laughs> this about about worship because yeah. obviously he at the time when we had this discussion he was working as the worship pastor at we hope right and in that job he strove for excellence which yeah. as we discussed has a lot of you know Reddit. really good yeah. solid you know reasons for why you would do that yeah. bringing honor to jesus and doing your best and yeah. wanting to um you know bring that as an offering mm -hmm. um but what watchman he was suggesting was no i'm gonna get the people who have no musical talent whatsoever <laughs> and put them in get charge me. of worship yeah because then they're going to be fully dependent on Jesus. Yeah. And they're not going to have any pride because they're rubbish at it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm changing his words slightly. But that I just thought, premise, yeah. I thought it was such a radical idea. It's so opposite to how we do things in the West. Yeah, it is. Um, you know, it just wouldn't occur to us. Yeah. You know, it's like, no, you get the people who are musical to do the music. Yeah, You know, yeah. and the people who are hospitable to do the hospitality yeah and the people who are organized to do the admin yeah yeah <laughs> like, that's it you know and that's the whole idea of well god's given you these gifts yeah. so we should use them and to ignore them would be wasteful and dishonoring yeah yeah, yeah. and i just like the idea of turning that on its head a little bit mm. i'm not saying that there's no truth in all of that yeah but perhaps sometimes we need to balance it out yeah um and actually there are other ways to honor jesus yeah and we when we lived in sydney we were part of a inner city church actually in london as well we were part of an inner city church and they had their, they were both very different but also had similarities they yeah. they attracted a very diverse community both the churches right and 
we both had that slight feel of when you show up on a Sunday, you were never quite sure what was going to happen <laughs> because yeah. some random could just wander in and take over and disrupt yeah. or even just the people who were running the service. You yeah. know, we were all a little bit, you know, a little bit rough around the edges. You know, right. it wasn't always fully organized. Yeah. Or um, I remember the time at St. Mark's in London where the someone had forgotten to buy the communion bread and someone had run across the road to the little convenience store and then when we were all lining up we all realized one by one that it was garlic naan oh no (laughs) (laughs) she will stink after communion (laughs) or in sydney in the church um that we went to there was a lady with learning difficulties and she just loved to sing and she you know would be part of the worship team yeah and they would just turn her mic down a bit (laughs) but i loved it and it's yeah. the, i think we were attracted to those churches because they weren't polished and because they weren't perfect yeah. and actually i think there's something about those you know things that actually can be really attractive and really inclusive people. yeah because people aren't always looking for people who have it all to get and if, if your yeah. services are perfect mm. what does that say to people who are wanting to come in as well as does the people it, in the service say yeah. you know you you have to be polished in order to be here yeah um we are people who have things yeah. all together yes we're good at things you, you know? need to sort your act out before exactly. you even think of coming in this building or yeah yeah, yeah. and that's you know jesus asked people to follow him yeah before they changed anything in their lives well that's it yeah it's it's a really good point Ruth. it's like our philosophy of centered set theology or bounded set so like bounded set is you have to behave to be able to believe and then you may just do enough to belong whereas centered set is you're allowed to belong and then at some point, as you follow Jesus, you get close mm. to him, you'll start believing and then you'll be transformed and you'll live differently. It's like, like you said, just turning it on its head, totally flipping the coin. Um, it's fascinating to think of. And also, I think like, yes, excellence is a good and godly thing. But when it's on a pedestal, mm. it's an idol, isn't it? And I think that's indicative of the way maybe, I mean, obviously, massive generalizations here like service centric church has become like that because if church is a culmination of a sunday service then it has to be amazing it has to be really good and everyone's very critical of the teaching the worship the coffee yes the donuts you know (laughs) the kids the crash you know all this stuff it becomes like this polished well-oiled machine that the the all of the energy the finances, the resources that the church has goes into these momentary services, right? Definitely. Yeah. But it's interesting. I think some of these ideas could also translate to microchurches. So I remember yeah. near the beginning when we started our microchurch just talking about food with some of the people in our microchurch. And yeah. you have some people who are real foodies. Yeah. I'm not one of those people. <laughs> I'll eat anything. And... We were talking about, you know, for some people, cooking something really nice is their act of generosity, their act of worship, their offering. And I think that's a beautiful thing. Mm. But on the flip side, I think 
if you always have really lovely food, it can almost be a barrier. People can be intimidated by that. Oh, I can't bring something because that my cooking's not very good. Yeah. Or, oh, I can't invite people around to my house because it's not tidy enough or it's not, you know, I, I don't have time to make something. And I, I can often fall prey to that because I do... I am a little bit high spread <laughs> <laughs> and I do like it to look nice. I, I just like a tidy house as well for myself. Yeah. But I, I just really, I almost have to struggle with myself to, you know. Remember like, the priorities. Remember the priorities. Yeah. No, I, I like, you know, I, we, we had folk around from the neighborhood for a little choir that we started and Adam kindly um, <laughs> I mean, I love the choir. <laughs> and we also have this, you know, painter in, so the stuff's everywhere and yeah. there's sheets all over the hallway. And I was almost thinking, oh gosh, should we move it to someone else's house? But we've got the piano, you know. Yeah. And then I thought, no, it doesn't matter. Like, we'll just, you know, tiptoe past yeah. and we'll clear a space. Yeah. <laughs> and it's fine. Like, and I think I have, I, you know, because that's, I'm not a perfectionist, but it's, I think everyone has areas where they're more perfectionist than others. Yeah. And for me, I think, I like the home to be nice. Yeah. But I think I need to consciously remind myself to just leave it or to, yeah. you know, or I'll be like, oh, I don't want to host this thing because I can't be bothered to cook. I don't really enjoy cooking that much, right. especially for large groups. I find it quite stressful, uh-huh. um, especially when you've got your children to feed as well. And it's just this constant ordering of food. And, and do yeah. we have everything we need? <laughs> and like, I, I find that quite a burden so having a microchurch in our home which every week revolves around food to me is quite a big deal yeah but i think i just have to constantly remind myself it doesn't matter like as long as there's something it doesn't have to be amazing and if i buy a ready-made lasagna from aldi or shove some potatoes in the oven yeah as long as there's something to go around yeah um that's okay and if somebody else wants to put effort into making something yeah. really lovely one week then that's really nice and we can enjoy that and celebrate that but it doesn't have to be the standards that yeah we all have to meet yeah um and i you know i think hmm. you know that this idea of messy hospitality which i don't do very well <laughs> <laughs> but i love the idea of it that yeah you know it doesn't have to be perfect to invite people in yeah um and even if your microchurch doesn't center around food or the table but is in a home yes you know i i I love that idea of i don't have to get everything ready beforehand because actually people can often feel more included if they help out you know oh gosh i'm not ready could you help you You know do the dishes and like you know everyone gets stuck in and yeah um you know i I don't fully do that and it's something i'm still working towards but i I love the idea of it and i love Definitely, because yeah. I mean, looking at Jesus, he he didn't choose the religious elite, the well-educated. Mm. He chose these like ragtag bunch of guys, and also had a load of nomadic other people, men and women, and families who would, were his first followers and his first disciples, by whom he changed the world through. It goes totally against our yeah. Western philosophy, doesn't it? Totally. It, and yeah. I mean, for I don't want to be down on particular <laughs> churches, but when I first moved to London on my own, this is before John and I got married, and yeah. I'd been going to a church in Glasgow as a student, um, okay. but I'd been struggling a bit with some of the 
theology. I think, you know, I was involved with their community work, so I liked it from that point of view. But yeah. I, I think I just, I needed something really solid for that season. Yeah. And I ended up going to a, a city centre commuter church. Okay. Which... So it's down in London? Em- yeah. Okay, yeah, right. Which embodied everything about this idea of excellence. Yeah. Polished church with excellent teaching. Good-looking people Ex- on stage. Good-looking yeah. people. <laughs> um, excellent music. You know, yeah. and it was, you know, I only went for less than a year and I really did for that season enjoy the teaching. But yeah. there was... Things like, for example, a friend of mine, I wasn't, I'd only been going for less than a year, so I was obviously never asked to pray at the front okay. of the church on yeah. the service because they were big services. But yeah. a friend of mine who'd been with longer was uh, given that honor. Wow. And she literally was sent like a 10 page document <gasps> on praying in the church service you know and you just knew that every word in the prayer was 100 percent theologically correct yeah and, you know or like I, I was part of a bible study and they go through this very structured bible study program that you sort of go through right the different stages of and sort yeah. of graduate from and right. at the end towards the end of the year i was asked if i might like to lead a bible study the next year and this before i knew i was going to be moving a- away and i said oh you know i'd maybe think about it so yeah it, as part of that i was invited to a weekend away which was practically an assessment center like you know like graduate Gosh. jobs you go to assessment yeah, centers yeah to check if i if you stack up could basically. could actually lead a study wow. and also you know training and if you pass that then you had to go through a series of other things to wow. teach you how to lead a study and the studies always felt like the leaders had pre- prepared everything in advance and it They'd was almost gui- guiding everyone towards the right answers yeah so it's just very controlled very Super controlled very you know, clean and very organized. clean and uh, you know, there were amazing things about, I don't want to be down on it. And they, they were doing this incredible ministry to a certain very specific demographic in London. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, it, I love what we're doing with microchurches. It's so uncontrolled. It is. And it's messy. <laughs> and it's it? yeah. very messy. And it's, it's kind of the opposite of what you just, just described, right? You know, do we believe like c.s lewis said you know what's it do you claim to defend the bible sir and he said i would rather defend an untamed lion you know do we believe that the word of god can stand up for itself you know or or do we need to protect it and and check yeah everyone's interpretation of it yeah or can we set it free (laughs) make sure we're all singing from the same hymn sheet and have the same answers and yeah that control like Jesus was, man, Jesus' ministry was so messy. It was just like full of broken people and um, full of love and care and compassion. And there's a reason God does that because I think it, if you if you assert control on people and the way they should talk and think and act and stuff, then you're taking away their freedom of expression to be able to worship and to be able to figure out how to live for Jesus and what it means to belong and, and also find worth in Absolutely. who they are. Yeah, I think that's what we're saying is that in wanting to share life with people and letting people have opinions and a voice 
and ask whatever they want and think whatever they want to think you're giving people worth right you're showing them love absolutely and i think also acknowledging how individual people are and how yes you know if we judge from the outside people's behavior yeah um and what they produce you know what they do yeah it's it's so easy to be judgmental or well they can't be following jesus because they do x y and z yeah um whereas you know discipleship is a lifelong process that yes we will be transformed you know gradually yeah <laughs> it never happens overnight and yeah it, you know it might be that you know it'll be at a different stage that someone is challenged over a behavior in a particular yeah. area yeah of their life yeah um or a particular pattern of thinking or yeah. whatever it is that god has said gradually setting us free from that's it um and just this idea that none of us on this journey have it sorted yeah but that we're all we're all together you know working yeah step by step towards yeah. and um, i think knowing jesus more yeah i think it's really releasing for believers who want to get out there and and get in the world and be on mission and and engage with people that don't yet know jesus because you don't have to have all the answers you don't have to have this like sheet of this is what salvation is and blah 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 and all I think you need to do is share your life with these people and be open and vulnerable with them and allow them, you know, like Luke 10 to allow them to be hospitable, allow them to take some ownership as well as you. There's that partnership. That's what Jesus yeah. invites us into is a family. Absolutely. So how can we model that with people that don't know Jesus? Go and be a family with people that need family. That's all it is, right? Yeah, I and think. I mean, I in my young conservative days, <laughs> I used to be quite conservative, <laughs> and I've become old and liberal now. Uh, you know, I, you know, I would very much have this clear cut idea of conversion and yeah. becoming a Christian yeah. and hearing the gospel and mm. receiving it and turning from darkness to light. And it's not that, again, it's 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 not that I've rejected all of those no. ideas. Yeah, but I just now i would see it as much more nuanced and yes. who knows where that moment is of yeah coming from darkness to light yeah you know um that's so true who can pinpoint that and do we even need to yes that's god's why work. should it be so important um yeah. and you know i would be much more hesitant now to use that language of conversion or yeah. you know it's 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 about getting to know a person yeah um and that is always going to be a journey yes um and that's something that we all journey together yeah you know and i think it also removes some of those barriers of this idea of having people as projects you know yes. where we oh who is on your list yeah. that you are targeting you know mm. it just really makes me squirm you know yeah. you know i i just have friendships with people you just who live I life with people i i want to see journey towards a full relationship yeah with jesus but i am also on that journey yes. and there are many areas of my life where i have so much more to learn in terms of what it means to walk with jesus yeah i by no <laughs> means got that nailed I know. so i would love to journey with people who understand that more and people who understand that less and yeah you know and that itself is not straightforward because we'll all have different yeah experiences that we can share together yeah that's it um 
I'm sounding very wishy-washy, aren't I? No, <laughs> I'm enjoying it, Ray. <laughs> I like it. It's really, yeah, because what I think you're getting at is that we, we, the church in the West in general, historically, has loved very neat boxes for things. Yes. Are you in this box or this box or do you go here or there or whatever? And I think... Labels. Labels, yeah. And us and them, in and out mentality. Whereas I think God's love and God's grace stoops lower than yes. our man-made rules. It goes further than our preconceptions. And That's beautiful, Adam. Yeah, do you like that? <laughs> <laughs> love stoops, doesn't it? Jesus is Absolutely. love. He stoops beyond what we think our theological boundaries of whatever conversion is or isn't are because he purely loves that person and he made them they're made and created in his image designed to be loved by him and he wants to do his utmost to save them amen amen right <laughs> and like you said like disciple becoming a disciple you know it's a way overused term in the church really a follower of jesus kind of if you look at the bible and the way jesus did it his disciples became followers of his before they really knew who he was yeah, and, and they carried on making mistakes afterwards. Yeah, massively. So it's way it's way different from the neat boxes that we've created around control. If we can be messy for the sake of love and grace to welcome people in, and like you said, not make people projects, but simply want to love them and share life with them. And genuinely, if we're doing that, we should be talking about how important jesus is to it should come up naturally it's not it's not about projects and about oh have you had that conversation yet or whatever mm. or <laughs> it should just be an overflow of Who what we, are, we carry yeah. and that love we have and the grace of jesus in us and what he's done for us and yeah it's awesome okay right to finish <laughs> let's like full circle back to the beginning we're talking about like new years let's call it instead of like resolutions is there like <laughs> postures that we can take this year what do you think is there something we can do to partner with all this that we've been talking about yeah i mean i liked what we began with you talking about you know having a a rule of life not that rules in the legalistic sense but mm. in terms of yeah posturing i think that's a really nice word and i mean i think it will look different for different people as those of you who know me will know I'm an extreme extrovert on the scale. <laughs> I'm also an extreme external processor. <laughs> and for me, I think it has to be in community because mm. if I try and do things on my own, I will fail. <laughs> yeah. But for someone else, that is not the case. And for someone else, perhaps having these sort of more individual resolutions actually is a really beneficial thing yeah whereas for me i just think it's we're quite similar so i'm sim yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm with you, so for yeah. me it's really important that anything like this comes in community yeah with the natural accountability not mm. legalistic accountability but that accountability of community yeah that comes with it whether that's you know in your micro church or yeah micro church leaders or you know the people that you're journeying with your family yeah um for I me that's that. that's that's how i i'm going to you yeah. know go forward yeah. in any way is yeah. going to be together yeah with others love that that's genius ruth okay so we're like <laughs> slashing the knees off the hyper individualist culture that we're in and say <laughs> let's do like a a joint new year's posture or joint new year's resolution yeah 
<laughs> do it together with your family, with your kids, with your like micro church, with like like Reed said. That's a great idea. Oh, joint th- New Year's posture. Joint New <laughs> Year's not, posture. It's quite not mouthful, snappy, is it? Is it? I know. <laughs> Mind <laughs> your resolution's not snappy word either. I know. Oh, I love that. That's really good. Okay, there you go, everybody. Go and do it. <laughs> <laughs> You've got the wisdom from Ruth. Um, <laughs> I told gen- you about that. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was the point of the podcast, wasn't it? I yeah, don't yeah. have a great deal of wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't have to. You don't have to. <laughs> no, that's brilliant. Really appreciate chatting to you, Ruth. Yeah, it's Let's do it again pleasure. sometime. Thanks, Adam. Yeah, and <laughs> catch you all later. Yeah. Okay, bye. Take care, all. Bye.